Hello and welcome to Built on Air, a podcast and video series about all things Airtable. I'm your host, Zoe Vanderplu, and before we begin, I'd like to thank our sponsor, OpenSide. Visit OpenSide.com for products and services to take your Airtable to the next level. Use promo code BUILTONAIR, one word, all caps, for a one-time $20 credit off of any purchase. Today's guest on the show is Alex Hillman, an educator and serial entrepreneur who wears many hats. And today we talk about two of his ventures, Indie Hall, his co-working space in Philadelphia, and more prominently, Stacking the Bricks, a business he runs with Amy Hoy, whose content and courses help developers and creatives bootstrap their own successful businesses. Stacking the Bricks highlighted Airtable in a recent article detailing their 2019 tech stack. We talk about Alex's philosophy for choosing apps and also why, as a tech-oriented company, he and Amy have avoided talking about their tools of choice for so long. Alex shows us the Airtable CRM he built that enables stacking the bricks to keep track of the qualitative and quantitative measures of student success, both large and small. Check out builtonair.com to sign up for our mailing list where you can get weekly updates on new Built on Air episodes and other fun Airtable things. And Alex, thank you so much for being with us here today on Built on Air. Um, why don't you tell the audience just a little bit, bit about who you are as a human, what you do, etc. Sure. Thanks for having me. Uh, excited to have a chance to talk and share some of the things that we're working on. Um, I'm an entrepreneur, which means I have my fingers in all kinds of things. Uh, main thing we'll be talking about uh, relevant to today, though, um, for the last nine years or so, I've been taking my experience in building my own business and trying to help other people who come from a similar creative background as I have to learn the business skills they need to create products, sell products, and things like that. So um, we have a, a website called stackingthebricks.com. It's a mix of articles and a podcast as well that my partner, Amy Hoy, and I share lessons and stories, examples. Um, we try to you know, keep it real, lots of real numbers, a uh, mix of our own experience as well as now our, our growing pool of students who are bootstrapping businesses, whether those are software businesses or uh, educational content businesses. The, the format and the form factor don't really matter. I'll actually get to show a demo of that in my Airtable. Um, but mostly creative people who have either traded their creative skills for uh, you know, time for money as an employee or as a, a freelancer or a consultant and realize that there's only so much you can charge and only so many hours in the day. Uh, yes. <laughs> there's a, a lot of people that have dreams of building a software company or writing and selling a book or creating videos and selling those online. Um, and, and we teach this really pragmatic um, research-based approach that a lot of people that are technical and engineering-minded really kind of gravitate to because it is so systematic. It takes a lot of the creative work out of sales and just lets sales be about understanding who your audience is and how you can best help them. And then let your creative work be just making the thing for them. Um, so that's a, a, one of my a handful of businesses that I run uh, and, and uh, part of the thing that brought us together today. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and we found you, of course, um, because you listed Airtable in one of your, uh, your tech stack articles. Um, and you have, you do have like a really, a lot of really excellent content on your site. Is there like something you guys are working on that's kind of, you know, new for 2019 that you're excited about? 
Um, more case studies, honestly. Uh, we've been super busy kind of behind the scenes on systems. Uh, so for most of 2018, uh, my partner was actually dealing with some, some health issues and was not able to create new content for Stacking the Bricks. And when you get into a business where your content is part of your marketing and content is part of your product, not being able to produce content can have a pretty big impact on your bottom line. Um, so I took a look at the business and said, what do we already have that I can use to continue the, running this business? Basically, how do I take all the assets um, and start building systems and automation? So I spent most of 2018 working in marketing automation systems and building that up. And we've got some pretty incredible results from that. So a lot of 2019 is sort of pulling back the curtain on what we built in 2018, showing how it works. It's a bit more geared towards a more advanced audience. I'd say it's the people who have already learned from us and have already shipped the product are already making sales, but now they're on the content treadmill. Um, so we've kind of created, we created our own audience in a way uh, multiple times over now. Um, but that's the stuff that I've been, I've been having a lot of fun with and I've learned a ton and there's a lot of cool tools out there. Airtable's in the mix, of course. Um, so that's the stuff that, that gets me really stoked is not just talking about like theoretical conceptual entrepreneurship, but really nitty gritty, how to, why does this work? Why does the other thing not work? Uh, what can you take away from this to build your own? Uh, that's, that's really what we're best at. Awesome. Yeah. So sort of like the year of meta a little bit, right? This, this year's <laughs> going to get a little meta. I think that's true. Well, that's cool. I, I think there really is kind of this this lack of like, you know, I can read reviews about tools, right? Or, you know, maybe get like a demo for, you know, an isolated case. But but it is really daunting when you're like, okay, I, I know what I should use maybe and I know the end result. But like, how do people actually get there? You know, like there's not it, that kind of guide, right? Or Or advice is really hard to find. So I think it's cool that you guys are like, yeah, pulling back the curtain, like he said, um, and just getting real and honest. Um, so let's, um, I guess, kind of talk about um, one of those, you know, things, the, the sort of meta articles about your um, 2019 tech stack. Um, and Airtable is one of those apps. Um, I guess just talk a little bit about kind of continuing our conversation about you creating this content. Like, how did you even kind of, you know, begin to compile all of this? Like, are these all the apps you use? Did you, yeah. you know, kind of choose like a best of list or how did things make the cut? Yeah, so we, we've actually kind of actively avoided talking about our tools for a long time. Mm -hmm. I talk about this in the article a little bit. Um, we get asked this question. I hang out on websites like Indie Hackers and Hacker News and yeah. lots of, you know, tech-oriented startup websites. And, you know, the question is, you know, what, what stack do you use? Right. Um, and our answer has always been, like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's not that it doesn't matter at all, but it proportionally matters a lot less than people think and people spend a lot of time searching, researching, debating, choosing, switching. And that's a lot of wasted time that is taken away from the number one priority, which is serving your customers. Right. Our guiding philosophy is like your job is to help people and you spending time screwing around with tools is, you know, minutes, hours or days, or in some cases weeks that you're not 
creating things for them. Your customer generally does not care what tools you use. They care if the tools cause problems for them, but they don't care what the tool itself is. There's not a right, right. tool. So, so we've resisted this for a long time. Um, even in our own course material, we spend very, very, very little time on tools with the same explanation of like, here's a couple of options, pick one and move on. But as I mentioned, I've spent a lot of time in the last year working the systems and figuring out, you know, some ways to wire things together, solving some really specific business problems that there wasn't an obvious tool for, or the obvious tools, the way to use them wasn't really clear. Mm -hmm. um, and there are popular tools that aren't good, um, or I would say are potentially big time wasters or will create a really bad experience for your customer. Um, in some cases, there aren't good alternatives either, so like that sucks, but it's nice to know that if you pick a tool and it kind of sucks, that that you're not the only one dealing with that. Right. Um, so as I sat down to write this article, I was like, let me talk about the tools that we're using now because we've made some big changes in the last couple of years from WordPress to a static site generator. Let's talk about why, the pros and cons. Um, we made a big switch in the last few months from a drip for email into ConvertKit. Um, I talk a little bit about why in the article. An upcoming article is going to talk a lot more detail about how we evaluated options, how we actually navigate the switch because that's sort of like changing the engines on an airplane while you're in mid-flight kind of surgery. It's it yeah. was a very stressful few months for me, um, and but but it, like I learned a lot along the way, and I have a great support from the ConvertKit team. So I want to give them kudos um, while also teaching people the questions that I would not have known to ask. And ConvertKit didn't necessarily know to ask me because they didn't have full view into my business either. Um, so the, so the goal with this tech stack article is not a these are the best tools in the world because many of them I complain about almost all of them in the article. Um, I gave each one like, here's some thumbs up parts about it. Here's some thumbs down parts about it. There were very few that were like exclusively thumbs up. Um, and even then if I had to nitpick, I'm sure I could find something, but the real goal was like, look, here are things that have that work for us today. Absent the opportunity or time to make a choice, just choose one of these. You'll be fine. We've been successful with these tools, which means you can be successful with these tools. The thing that really defines your success is what you do with the tools. So just take one of these and, and get back to work. Right. Yeah. Because the sort of like opportunity cost, right. And diminishing returns is real when you're searching for software. Like I, you know, it's, I think everyone is like, Oh, you know, it, everything is so digital now and you know, whatever, I should be able to find something that fits a hundred percent of my needs. Yep. No way. Doesn't exist. Um, you know, and, and spending, like like you said, you know, months searching for a tool that's, you know, 5% better than the one you actually have. Like, is it worth it? You know, yeah. I don't think so. Well, um, one of the things, you know, we can get more into Airtable, but things like Airtable and, and ConvertKit and, and things like that, one of the factors is how easy can I get stuff that I already have into it and how quickly can I get stuff out of it if I need to switch? Basically, like, assume that this tool is not the tool you use forever and that whatever's in this, hopefully there's a way you can get it out in some format so you can move on to the next thing. Um, Cause that's just, that is going to be part of the game. Right. Yeah. That's a really good consideration and sort of just having that very like wabi sabi kind of, you know, go with the flow <laughs> yep. kind of thing. I, I think that's also important. Like there's, 
and and part of it you mentioned you know there are these sort of leaders right we won't you know mention any names but but there are these sort of like leader you know apps where where it is very much like they pitch themselves as being able to do everything and that you'll never have to leave you know um i've never which, had that be true <laughs> which yeah you get catfished a little bit i guess um the other part of it is is we live we do live in a really cool modern time when it comes to business tools in that you know, there are still business, you know, there are platforms that pitch themselves as an all-in-one solution. Like we can do everything you could ever need. And they generally not, are not good at any of those things. Yeah. But we've got, you know, one of my other favorite tools that was on that list was Zapier. Like our business needs Zapier to run at this point. And Zapier has competitors as well. So mm-hmm. that's a good thing to be aware of um, in terms of our, our ability to leave Zapier if we had to. But um, the, I'd rather wire together a handful of tools that each have their individual strengths and can talk to each other through a tool like Zapier, which for anyone who's not familiar is this kind of amazing platform where you connect the apps that you use to it uh, securely. And it lets you, it's like Legos. It lets you link together the data when an action happens in one app. You can have that trigger events in other apps. Um, we send stuff into, into Airtable all the time, connecting, uh, you know, uh, events from people buy things into our email marketing automation, uh, sort of as a very event driven way of thinking about your tools. And it's so much nicer than, this kitchen sink approach where theoretically things are more tightly integrated, but you never get any control over quite how they fit together. Whereas Zapier lets me control things with a lot of granularity. Um, Again, some Airtable also is kind of like you can set it up in so many different ways versus a like very specific, you know, CRM out of the box or something along those lines. Yeah. Agreed. Whenever I'm considering a new app, like one of the first things I do is just Google like app name and Zapier. And if it's not supported, like I move on. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. You're like, I need flexibility. Can it offer it to me in a very easy way? No. Okay. Next. Thanks. Um, but I guess I, now we can kind of dive into, you know, tell us a little bit more about how you discovered Airtable and then why it made this list. Yeah. The, the discovery of Airtable last spring, we were hiring, not for stacking the bricks for my other business. I run a co-working space here in Philadelphia and we were changing some things up in our hiring process, really trying to reach into wider communities that are not really well represented here. Um, making sure that people who don't always get access to cool entrepreneurial, uh, uh, experiences had an opportunity to apply. Um, and the good news is that effort went really, really well. We had like close to a hundred applications come in. The problem was, is I, we'd taken the applications via type form. It's another one of my favorite tools. It's on the list. Um, and then I have this spreadsheet of people's submissions and spreadsheets are not a good way to look at people's <laughs> applications, <laughs> especially like multi-line answers and stuff like that wrap really weirdly. And I'm like, I'm trying to go through a hundred applications with my team. So there's multiple people in the document and trying to read these kind of like weird multi-line answers. It's really confusing and I keep losing my place in the page. And then like figuring out how to flag status is like this person, you know, is this somewhere interested in digging in deeper? Is this like a clear no? And I was like, I saw a video of somebody using Airtable for something like this. Let me go see how that thing works. 
And the aha moment for me with Airtable was when I was first able to import that CSV instantly, and it just showed up in a format that I was already familiar with. I've got my, my usual data grid. And then I was able to click the expand view, and it kind of like reverses the grid into something that looks just like the form that people use to apply. Mm -hmm. And I could view an entire record all at once. And I was like, whoa, that, that tiny little feature was literally the thing that sold me on That's Airtable. It before I even saw any of the other really cool things that Eric Table could do. So from there, I realized, oh, I can set, you know, uh, field types, we can do multi-selects, we can do assignments, so, you know, multiple members can make notes. We actually had a thing where we shared some of our community members uh, who wanted to get involved with reviewing these applications as well. So we cleared out the personal information, and we sent a special view of blind application data to our members and had them put notes in about what they saw was good and bad and we could factor that into our our decisions and honestly our i mean that was a, it was a challenging time-consuming job hunting you know narrowing 100 people down to you know 20 down to 10 down to 8 down to 2 down to 1 right um i don't want to say it would have been impossible without our table but it would have taken weeks longer than it did um, had I not had that moment of like, let me see if this tool works. So that was my discovery. That was my aha moment. And then I was like, we should probably use this for more things because that was kind of amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think there there is really like the, the thing about Airtable, um, which I've come to kind of demand or expect in, in other apps since discovering it is that I do want that like, aha moment of like instant gratification like wow this is really cool and different yep. um and and yeah it's really just thinking back to like the dark days of of google sheets right like you would have had to have sent like an individual sheet to every person yeah, that you wanted tabs. to review applications and then pull it together like ugh. um yeah terrifying but um yeah i that's like a really great use case too because you're like i just need something that i can set up very quickly and I have a clear goal, right? I just need to make decisions. I just need to make sense of this data. And I was able to tweak it as I went. Like I didn't have to set up a fancy schema or build an app or something like that before I even knew what all, like we were figuring out how to filter this stuff as we went. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we started with a yes, no, maybe like uh, multi-select for, for the candidates. And then I was like, I think we need a few more options. Um, and so like what, like the reason it was, there was a few different maybes or there was like, yes. And there was like strong. Yes. And even just being able to add those like really, really fast and easy um, or add additional fields or, um, or, or whatever it was, was it, it was, it was a, a game changer. Absolutely. For sure. And then are you, are you kind of still using Airtable in your, your day-to-day -day processes or, you know, now you've hired someone, right? That's over, but what else do you kind of use it for? Yeah, so we use it for a bunch of things, but the most common use case that I, I've come to love it for, it has been my ability to create a CRM that's actually a CRM. Uh, and what I mean by that is most CRMs are, um, you know, it stands for Customer Relationship Manager or contact relationship manager. But every CRM platform I've ever used has been very like pipeline based. It's really geared towards deals and sales and closing and contacts come in and my goal is to move them 
kind of across a multi-stage process. So job applications could be a version of that. I'm moving you from you know, phase one, phase two, phase three. But sometimes the phases aren't clearer. And frankly, it's, for me, it's less about in, you know, distinct phases and more just about having uh, and gathering and keeping track of what the relationship with this person is, what knowledge do we have about them over time. And I've tried basically every CRM I can find. And, the, and it's not that you can't do that, it's you have to like peel away all the sales nonsense. And it's not that I'm not using it for sales in, in some cases, it's that the way I approach sales is so relationship focused. I actually want a tool that helps me manage the relationship, the details of the relationship and the right. person, not simply what that person's uh, relationship to the deal might be. So uh, at Indie Hall, we, we have a, a fairly multi-stage process of people, you know, coming in for tours and um, becoming members and changing membership levels and things like that. And now we have this sort of like bird's eye view of what's going on there. But to bring this all back to stacking the bricks, a problem that we've been struggling with for a really long time, um, we've had over a thousand students, we're coming up on like almost 1300 students have been through our program in the last several years. Um, and we've had a lot of fairly successful alumni, uh, some very, some more successful than we are. They're better at implementing our stuff than we are. That's always uh, an exciting milestone to hit. But we've been really bad at keeping track of our own students' progress. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily progress through our course, because we sell this course material, this curriculum. And it's kind of helpful to know where people get, you know, maybe stuck on a lesson or something along those lines. But I'm actually talking about, like, the lifetime of after they take the course. So our goal with people signing up for a course is that you start a business. So I wanna know, you know, after you took the course, did you actually start using the lessons? Did you launch a website? Are you creating content of your own? Are you interacting with an audience? Are you building an email list? Are you, are you creating your first tiny product? Are you selling that product? What were the sales numbers like? Did you sell it a second time? Did you turn into an, like, are you, continuing to grow and you know we get inbound uh, uh, stories usually in like tiny little updates we have a slack community for our students so we'll get little snippets of something that is almost so small that putting like we had a, a channel in slack called I think student updates or testimonials or something like that where we would like just grab screenshots and dump them in there and it became like a junk drawer and, but it was a junk drawer full of really valuable stuff that I had no way of finding again later because it wasn't organized. There was no taxonomy. Every time Amy would be like, hey, do we have an example of a student doing such and such? I'm like, yes. I have no idea where it is. Right, um, you're like, why don't you just scroll through the pack six months? Yeah, I'm like, I seriously, and I don't know what to search. Yeah, it sucked. So they come in through Slack. They come in through email. We talk to people, you know, one-on-one. We also... We have some email systems that help, um, like, poke people for updates from time to time. So we get the responses to those updates. Where do they go? They're in our inbox somewhere. So we have we have information about our student successes. Um, and I'm not just talking about this student. You know, took our class and has now made you know a quarter million dollars uh, from selling their products. I'm talking about all the little successes along the way right? I don't just want to tell big success stories. I want to show all the little things that add up to the big wins. So I started thinking about the way we were using Airtable for Indie Hall. And I said, I think I can build an Airtable to track our student progress. 
um, and slowly over the course of a few weeks was able to build like a really rudimentary grid that kept track of students, the products that they had, and the updates they were sending. And then I started adding in a little bit more metadata around what audiences they're serving. You know, we've got people that, we have a lot of designers and developers in our student base. Mm -hmm. So we've got those, but then there are people that aren't serving those audiences at all. Um, the different kinds of products, is it software? Is it a course? Is it a book? Is it a template? Is it something else entirely? Um, is it, you know, even service, you know, uh, hybrid productized services? I had nowhere to look and say, who are all my students that have launched an ebook? Right. I just didn't know. And now, and we're doing, it's slow to go back and fill in all the historical data, but as new stuff comes in, I'm able to tie it all together. And now when Amy says, hey, what's the latest with so-and-so, or do we have anybody who did this kind of thing? I know exactly where to look. The other cool thing, and kind of crazy thing that we didn't have is, so part of our student results is revenue generated. Um, we do get financial updates from some of our students. Some are more open about it. Some are even willing to let us be open about those numbers. Mm -hmm. um, some are happy to talk about their experience but want to keep the numbers private. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer for, for any of those things. Um, but again, I didn't have anywhere to keep track of it. Right. Which also meant that I didn't have any way to add up the total revenue generated by our student successes. So like one of my goals of building this table is these ad hoc things, but being able to show total revenue um, and keep track of that revenue over time, uh, Airtable makes super easy because it's just built right in. Yeah, it's great. I don't have to, yeah, build like a separate thing that sums things together. It just does it for me. Exactly. Um, Cool. Well, I guess uh, that has been like a really excellent sort of teaser. So now I'm really curious to see the base itself. So why don't you go ahead and share your screen and get set up and kind of just walk us through it. Here we go. So you should see my screen now. Yes. So uh, this has been scrubbed for some personal information. Although uh, if you you know look at student product names, I figured it wouldn't be bad to give my students products a plug. So if you wanna go hunt anybody down. Um, but the main, the main grid, the first one that I started building out uh, is a list of our students who uh, are here in initials, which of our products they're working from. So our flagship product is a course called 30 by 500 that teaches everything from how to choose an audience that you actually could create and sell things to, uh, how to build a connection with that audience, how to build your email list, and how to figure out what products to sell and how to actually want to sell those. We also have a book called JFS that's just effing ship, um, more of a sort of productivity slash creative uh, bend for people who are good at creating things but often get stuck in that last 10%. We help you take stuff across the finish line. So we get some really good stories from people that have bought the book, um, either as a precursor to 30 by 500 or just on its own. Um, and so we're keeping all of those in the same place. So I have the, the product, our product in here, if I wanted to filter out just JFS stories or just 30 by 500. And we've got a handful of other products as well that we'll, we'll be filling in here as well. Nice. Um, the student products, uh, as well as the Stack and the Bricks products, are both linked fields, though. Uh, so I don't have to constantly retype them. So the student products field, or student product table, I should say, 
um, is a separate tab. So I'm able to view that on its own. I can view the creator and I keep track of you know, URLs. As you can see, I'm still filling in some things. Um, but that is a separate table, uh, as well as our list of products. So if I wanted to view who are all the students that have you know, been attached to a particular product, that's over there. But by making that a linked table, um, which uh, for those of you who are getting new, so that's a, you know, a field type, a link to our products and the ability to link multiple records means that each one of our students could actually have been associated with one or more of our products and one or more of their own products. Um, and as I start filling things in, in the updates tab, which we'll get to in a second, the more things are filled out here, the faster that table sort of auto updates. And I'll show you the magic of that in a second. Um, I mentioned product type is a big one. Uh, a lot of people enter into our sort of universe and assume everybody ships eBooks. Well, as you can see, there are quite a number of eBooks. Um, eBooks are sort of en entry level is really low. And so it's a great, fast starting point. Uh, so a lot of people do start there, but it's not the only option. And one of my favorite parts about this is how it shows how many people have started with an ebook, but then grown to a video course, maybe a physical book, you know, conferences, entire publishing company. So sort of seeing how these products stack up together. Um, and then audiences as well. So I mentioned before, we were sort of a design developer heavy uh, student base, but you can see that within that there are specific develop you know, branches of development or DevOps or a specific programming language. And then some like weird stuff in the middle here, like trucking companies. Uh, one of our, one of our students who's been quite successful um, runs a book, a SaaS platform that does bookkeeping for like small to mid-sized trucking companies. Super random, not my world, but it's been fascinating to watch him grow that business. Right. Um, I set up a, a checkbox field in here for whether or not that person uh, is okay with us sharing their revenue publicly. Um, just so the way I don't have to constantly check, hey, is it okay if we share that number? Uh, and then I did clear it out here, but I have annual revenue. So it's like whatever the latest annual revenue number I've gotten from them is, as well as their lifetime revenue. And you can see down here at the bottom, I've got that automatically summing things up. So when those are filled in, I get to see a nice big number down at the bottom, which makes me feel really good. Um, we use Help Scout for, uh, for our support. And so I added this field and this may end up getting like refactored into another table somewhere because I really want this to be able to be multiple links but basically this just links to if a if information came in through our support inbox what was the conversation because a lot of times that ends up being more of a dialogue instead of just a you know throwing a bit of piece of information over the wall is a little bit back and forth so having that linked directly to the student there is is handy obviously their contact information screenshots uh, I don't know if you can see very well, I don't want to zoom in because there's actual numbers, but these are graphs, usually. Uh, and the graphs, they're going up into the right, which are my favorite kind of graphs. Um, <laughs> uh, the URL for their, uh, their product as well, which again, I believe this is another linked field. Um, and then updates and case studies. And that's where things get really fun because like this is, this grid is useful, but it's mostly for reference. Mm -hmm. um, ideally, I'm putting a person's name in here um, some basic information, and then I'm not actually touching this very much. What is cool is when I get to go to updates, um, and the updates field, like this is my go-to when stuff comes in from wherever it comes from. So I start with today's date, which is just as easy as clicking in and click, clicking the date, and then I start uh, typing here uh, a student. So let's say it's... Uh, 
it's MJ here. I like that it's you know autocomplete. And as soon as I click on that student, what's awesome is that it auto-populates what products of ours they purchased and what products of theirs they have. Um, because these are lookup columns, lookup fields, where it says look up the student that I just put in and drop the stack in the bricks product in that column and the same thing for product. So this sort of automatically populating means I'm, you know, I'm spending more time talking about it than I would actually do it effectively four clicks and my first four columns are already populated right. and I've got my update. Uh, I've kind of squished the column short cause there is personal, you know, identifying stuff in here. But what's nice is I can just, you know, grab a copy paste from a chat or from that email or whatever it is and just drop that quote in there. Um, and I have that reference and that reference is, uh, tied to this date. So, over time, I end up with a student with multiple updates across multiple dates, and I can start building a table that is uh, filtered by all of the updates that a student gave me over the history of them having been a student, which I can then use for case studies, which is the last table. I'm really just getting started with this. There's not a lot to see here. But uh, over here, what I'm essentially doing is uh, tracking, okay, we've been collecting information, now we've got sort of a complete picture. I want to hand this off to, we, have, we work with a company called Case Study Buddy um, that is help, helps us do more in-depth interviews and actually compile a like case study narrative. Um, this gives me all this amazing raw material to give them before they even interview the student. That's, because a lot of times this like student doesn't even remember all of these little details. So right. this is sort of like the culmination of all of this information gets tracked into a case study field where I can say, okay, it's time to do a case study with MJ. Uh, status is that they agreed, you know, future versions of this table, I may add a column that links to where they agreed to do it, uh, may link to the conversation where I connected them to case study buddy, um, actually link to the PDF of the case study itself. Um, so this is sort of like, in a lot of ways, a real look at the life cycle of what a student goes through, because it continues over time, it evolves over time. And like I was talking about before, one of my favorite things about Airtable as a as a product is the fact that I can so easily add new things to this over time. I don't have to figure everything else out up front. Um, I've been adding to this over time, and I can feel confident that even if you know for some reason I wanted to change the you know a, a field type, Airtable is really good at even you know migrating these you know multi selects into something else, whatever that might be. So um, that's cool, and we haven't even really done anything with, with you know, views yet, but what makes sense to me is the ability to create filters. So maybe if I wanna hand some of this material off to our case study partner, without having to copy paste stuff out, I can create a view that narrows everything into one place, just send them a link, uh, and that's now a read-only, potentially even a password-protected archive of all of the updates from a student and say, you can read through all of this, so you're prepped for asking them questions, and that way they're not wasting our students' time asking questions of, that our students already gave us answers to, and they can really get into the nitty-gritty. Right, yeah, and I, I think part of this, too, is like it, it really, you know, especially when you're reaching out to them for case studies, you know, I can imagine as a student, it makes them feel really special because they're like, oh, you saved like 
all of my Slack messages. And like you said, you're like, you know, a lot of people probably forget even what they tell you, you know, as the years go by. So it's kind of like a cool, like, you know, it's a database, um, but also like a scrapbook sort of almost, you yeah, know, that's um, way to describe it. I like that. Yeah, I really like sort of how you've and, and you know, you can keep building, right? Like you're like, okay, well, I have all of my students in here finally. Next, I have to collect all this info into the updates. Okay, actually, I want to do something with this info. It becomes case studies, you know, um, and then maybe even down the line, right? Case studies could become sort of like a retrospective or something, you know, of a select group of, of your students. So, um yeah, and also really, um, I enjoy your your creative solutions for kind of like hiding sensitive data in this too, <laughs> while doing minimal work. I I really enjoyed that. Um, Thanks. So awesome. Yeah, this is really cool. And and how? So are you guys like just kind of manually updating it every day as you get new emails in your inbox or Slack messages? Yeah. This. This is uh, probably one of the least integrated Airtables that I've built. Um, what will probably make sense, again, in a future version of this is using Zapier to automatically add students to the students table when they join. Mm -hmm. And then having some fields that are built around more of the early milestones. Um, one of my biggest complaints about Airtable, and I, I've done, I'm, I'm tracking the, the support um, threads, so this is not my own, I'm not the only one complaining about it, but the lack of a, like, last updated field. Yes. Uh, I, what I would love would be a thing that is a student record and then something that keeps track of the last time we heard from somebody so that I can proactively reach out and say, hey, um, you know, you joined three months ago. We haven't heard anything from you. Want to know how you're doing and if we can help with anything. The reality of our business, and I think this is true of a lot of people who are in some sort of educational business, is uh, people kind of go off into their busy corner work. Like some of our most successful alumni, we didn't hear from until way after they were successful. And they're like, oh yeah, I definitely learned all that stuff from, from you guys. Um, and we didn't get all the little steps along the way. But it's because of that, it's also impossible to tell the difference between someone who's struggling and suffering in silence that we could help past a roadblock and become successful and someone who's just quietly grinding away in a corner and is going to come and tell us, Oh yeah, I'm a millionaire now. Um, <laughs> like, it, there's really from our view, no difference. And so if Airtable is able to help us keep track of who have we heard from, who have we not heard from in a while. And I mean, even something that potentially could be you know, semi automated where if we haven't heard from somebody in six months um, that it sends uh, something or at the very least prompts me to say like send a personal note I don't think we need we need it to send automated emails we don't have you know, we're not talking about you know hundreds or thousands of students a week um, so it, it would be fine for me to you know every Monday get a list of here's students we haven't heard from in the last six months and send a couple of personal emails I think we'd get uh, more people going who got stuck and we'd probably hear more success stories that are out there in the wild we just don't know exist yet right yeah it's like it, it the whole kind of point of the space i think is to make sure that you kind of even though you know you're tracking data and it's a database you're kind of maintaining that humanity and like that relationship you have with your students exactly. um which somehow no other crm actually does i yeah i know right and, and i think that kind of goes back to our our point earlier in the podcast too where you know tracking relationships now 
for your contacts is becoming way more important in some cases than just tracking, okay, they hit this milestone or like, you know, oh, this, you know, person purchased this thing at this time or whatever, you know? Um, Yeah. So you've done a really excellent job here of just tracking all of these kind of multiple dimensions of your students. I really enjoyed seeing that. Um, And so I guess just um, to kind of wrap up, uh, tell everyone if they kind of want to learn more about you as Alex or you as stacking the bricks, uh, where should they go? So uh, while I just look at you on the screen, share, uh, pull up stackingthebricks.com. That is our main website for all of our articles and the podcast is down here at the bottom as well. Um, You can also follow me on Twitter. That's probably my main favorite active place to be on the internet uh, at Alex Hillman. Uh, And I'd love to hear from you on Twitter. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much for your time, Alex. Um, We've really enjoyed hearing about your various projects um, and also your, your Airtable explorations. Thank you for ha- thank you so much for having me. <laughs> See ya. See ya.